The Revision Speaker Series is a Guildhouse initiative bringing together creative minds from around the globe to discuss contemporary arts practice. Revision has been curated as a COVID response, enhancing connectivity, sustainability and well-being across the arts community. This podcast is an audio recording from a live Zoom session recorded on Ghana Country. I'm going to kick things off. I am just wanted to say thank you for joining us this morning and good morning. Welcome to the 2021 Guildhouse Symposium. It's a highlight of our revision program this year and it's my delight that we can gather. Uh, my name is Emma Fay and I am the Chief Executive Officer at Guildhouse. Uh, and this is just an incredible opportunity for us to bring artists and curators together from across Australia um, to discuss contemporary arts practice. And boy, do we need this conversation. I'm speaking to you today on Ghana country and I pay my respects to the land of the red kangaroo and I pay my, um, my respects to elders past, present and emerging. And I extend this to all First Nations people joining us today. As an organisation that embeds an artist-led approach across all levels of our organisation, the voice of the artist is absolutely paramount to how we work, how we think and how we plan. And of course, that is exactly why we want to have this important conversation today. And this is uh, coming off the back of a couple of days in Adelaide where the Reset Conference, which is a national conference across um, academia and the Arts Industry Council of South Australia has had this powerhouse two-day conference reaching over 350 people and what was really exciting for me was just how much artists were at the centre of that conversation throughout the entirety of these last two days so this symposium today really gives us a chance to dive into some of those issues in a deeper way and to bring those artist-led voices right to the forefront. So today's program includes three panels, Unpacking Ambition and Momentum, Sustaining Collaboration and Community, and the Utopian Future for the Arts. And we're bringing 12 practitioners together to share their wealth of experience and their high-caliber expertise for the conversation. So you can expect a day of storytelling and connection, and we really encourage you to ask lots of questions and join in. Um, this is intended to be as in interactive as it can be in a Zoom kind of conversation. And for that reason, we've programmed these incredibly live interactive sessions as well with Tanya Vodges and the Bait Fridge. So there'll be opportunities for us to not only engage our minds, but our bodies as well through um, family flexible activities that you can do at home if you're working with your families next to you. Everyone can join in. Um, before we kind of kick into um, the conversation, I do want to acknowledge that this program would not be possible without the support that we receive through the State Government of South Australia through ArtsSA. And also the revision program particularly has had some significant support from Australia Council, Creative Partnerships Australia, the City of Adelaide, and some really dedicated philanthropists, including many of our members and the Day Family Foundation. I just want to acknowledge that it is through the generosity and the belief um, of many people that we do the work that we do here at Guildhouse. Before we officially start the symposium, I'd really like to introduce Uncle Mickey O'Brien, um, an incredibly generous leader and elder here in South Australia, He's a Ghana and Naranga man, and he is going to offer us a welcome to country. Thank you so much, Uncle Mickey. Guild Wadley, uh, hello and welcome. Welcome uh, to 
where I come from, being the of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains, and as uh, Emma said, the Red Kangaroo, the gathering place, a place that was of meeting for all our nation's peoples. And we call upon the spirit people of our ancestors to bring good blessings to us all. And we do that through the Bukundu Wika being the lightning brain web, or you would say the internet. And we say hello to all people from all nations across this place. As an ambassador and as a descendant, and also known as the impatient one, it's wonderful that we can welcome people. We can say hello, we can say, are you well? But more importantly, our face tells us where we've been, but our heart tells us where to go. Those things are really important. Our people have always welcomed people because it is the opportunity to expand on our knowledge, our connection, our relationships, and therefore we know more. But more importantly, we only take what we need, not what we want, and therefore we share everything. And today is that opportunity to share. And so I'm going to share in a story, a story about how the great elders gathered. They were concerned about the knowledge and the wisdom of our culture and our art. And so they decided to hide it. And one elder said, let's hide it in the tallest mountain. And another elder said, no, our people, they love to explore. They will find it there. Another elder said, well, let's put it in the deepest cave. And they said, no, they like to roam and they will find it there. Another elder said, well, let's put it in the tallest tree. And they said, no, they love to climb our people and they will find that there. And one elder said, well, let's put it in the last place they looked. And they all looked at each other and said, well, where is that? And they said in their hearts. So each one of us has the opportunity to explore, to share, to know, not just culture, but to know our art, to know our places, to know the knowledge and the wisdom. But we need to look into our hearts so that we can share and and not only share that, but explore it. And so we each have that responsibility, and therefore it's what we do with it that is the most important value. So as we welcome you, and as you share in this knowledge and wisdom, as you've come together, I say these words, my unjaga, my unjaga. It is saying we are truly all brothers and sisters. That culture should enable us to come together, never divide us. Not only should we do things in harmony, but we should walk the land and we should observe and listen to it as well. And when we do so, not only do we look after it, it looks after us. Our people didn't just say hello or welcome people. We never said goodbye because we had no word for goodbye. And we always say, nakada being, see you later. So it's wonderful that we can come. It's wonderful to see you. And our people would say that though we have the physical, it is only temporary. It is our spiritual that lives on forever. So, Nakata, Naitalia, please enjoy this wonderful gathering, this wonderful symposium, and this opportunity to share in knowledge and wisdom. And I look forward to seeing you again. Nakata, Naitalia. Thank you so much, Mickey. That was beautiful. Thank you so much, Antimiki. And thank you, MFA, for your introduction today as well. I'm Debbie Pry, the Artistic Program Manager at Guildhouse, and I'm so pleased to be here today with you all during the Revision Symposium. It's been a long time coming, and I'm really pleased that we can all be here today. As a national event, we're all coming together on the lands of the First Nations people. Today, I'm speaking with you from the ancestral lands of the Ghana people. Please join me in paying respect to the traditional elders of this land, past, present, and emerging, and acknowledging the rich and ongoing creative culture of the Aboriginal people.
Thanks again to Uncle Mickey. That was really special to have him in our office with us today. As Emma has introduced, we have a jam-packed day full of conversation and activity. While this is an online symposium, we want to everyone to feel like they are welcome to participate in this community event. So please feel free to keep your cameras on so that we have a kind of community flow happening and please feel free to ask questions. So I'm really excited to introduce the first session, Ambition and Momentum and their speakers. In this conversation led by Hannah Presley, artist Anna Freeman, Marie Clark and Salati Tuwali will discuss how they have fed ambition and continued momentum over the last couple of years. Like us all, um, artists have experienced in-person exhibitions move online, project dates move and communities, or oh, sorry, opportunities dissolve. Guided by Hannah, we'll hear how they've each navigated the ups and downs and leaned into the ongoing opportunities, uncertainties and changes. Today, we'll hear from Anna Freeman, an artist whose practice utilises the mimetic properties of porcelain. The site-specific installations feature crafted objects that belie the materiality and purpose. Through the lens of the domestic, her works often speak to the contemporary theory of self-care, expression and vulnerability. Marie Clark is an established artist, a pivotal figure in the reclamation of Southeast Australian Aboriginal art and cultural practices and has a passion for reviving and sharing elements of Aboriginal culture that were lost or lying dormant as a consequence of colonisation. Marie has many, many projects on the go and currently has a major career survey, ancestral memory at NGV. Salati Tawali is a multidisciplinary artist whose research explores identity within collective systems, focusing on immigrant histories. Through self-performance, collaborations and community engagement projects that draw on the personal experiences of race, class, ethnicity and gender formed by growing up in suburban Australia. Salotti is joining us from Brisbane in her last day of quarantine, after which she will be presenting new work within the Asia-Pacific Triennale. Chairing the session is Hannah Presley, a Melbourne-based Aboriginal curator whose current project MCA's Primavera exhibition opens very, very shortly. She's also held the role of curator at NGV at ACCA and assistant curator at the Australian presentation at the Venice Biennale. Welcome panel, welcome Hannah. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. So that was like, thank you for that beautiful welcome. How special. I wish we were all there on Ghana country, but I'm here on Wurundjeri country in Melbourne, the country where I live and work. Um, and I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung elders, both past and present. It is an honour to live on these beautiful lands, which have been getting quite a drenching these last few days. So I hope everybody's safe and well out there. Uh, so lovely to be here and have this rock star crew to have a chat with today. It's been a really wild few years, so I'm keen to hear from each of you about how you've survived and adapted or not. Um, <laughs> these artists have been working through many projects. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to hearing from you guys about what's been happening. For me, as Debbie mentioned, I'm actually installing Primavera next week, which is super exciting after first being asked to curate it in 2019. Um, it's been quite a journey. So I know you guys have all been working on some big things, but Salotti, you're in quarantine. So tell us all about what you're doing and where you are. Firstly, I'm here in Minjin, and I'd just like to acknowledge the Turbul people and pay my respects to elders past and present and emerging. And yes, been in this very spot for two weeks now. And um, as you can tell, I'm, the anticipation, it's palpable in this room. 
I'll get to leave here tomorrow. But yeah, and I'm I'm here uh, because I'm installing for APT10. So I'm really excited. We're making a, I've been making a uh, 13.5 meter bamboo boat with some Fijian people here that are, you know, staff in the gallery. I asked when we were building it, I was like, can you find somebody who's Pacific Islander or we need some Fijians? And um, actually there was uh, one guy on staff who um, had that knowledge and he brought a friend of his who also had that knowledge and it's just been so amazing to work with those guys and in making it. It's a it's a boat that I first saw in the Fiji Museum when I was 12 years old. And I was like, oh, you know, I can live on this boat in between Fiji and Australia, you know, <laughs> and then I can just travel and visit both. And I'm just like, you know, I'm just really privileged to be able to like have that dream occur for APT10. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what an amazing place to start. So you're in Brisbane, you're, you've got this massive like production happening that you haven't actually been there for. This is, this already feels like the perfect place to start after the years that we've had of nobody being able to actually be there. So how did you find these guys? It seems kind of extraordinary to have Fijian people working on this project while you can't be there. I really feel Fijians flock to uh, Queensland, you know, it's the climate that maybe we need <laughs> to yeah. survive happily but uh also you know I, I do feel like you know something shining down on me or you know the ancestors are like watching me now because you know what are the odds of like the first meeting that we had and I've you know created the plans for this boat based on memories and like forcing family members to go in and have a look at it you know <laughs> and I'm like you know just tell me I mean it looks like to me there's like four rope ties because the, the whole boat is tied together and the only other fixings I've got there really are, are bamboo nails because uh -huh. I was, you know, I really wanted to make this boat the way that a lot of it, the way that it had been made. You you make things from what is around and what's available and which is sort of interesting, especially since, you know, I've got power tools available and we could have put it together with it, anything, you know, yeah. uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I've, you know, made a few changes related to my own car camping needs. Um, <laughs> so this, so you're telling me that this vessel, comfort. this vessel can actually <laughs> yeah. sustain you for a period of time. You believe this is, it's watertight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's comfortable. Yeah, you would have a fire. You have a fire in the back. It's got a, you know, a place to rest. And like a few changes I've made is like using a bit of tarp, just a, like some canvas and, and some polycarbonate uh, sheeting, so I've got a nice view from wow. my bed inside there. But all of the uh, the bones of it, the layers, the, the bundles that are created, are created the way that they were in the past. And that first meeting with the guys, I was trying to kind of explain it, and they're like, oh, yeah, we know. When you work with people that have that knowledge, you know, it's sort of like they just looked at my plan for about five seconds and just went about it. Cause they, and then we're like, you know, uh, they had a friend who was a master builder, who they had come around and just check their work. And, <laughs> and then they had a little carvest ceremony on that. And, you know, there was some really amazing, like the parts that I was excited that I had to uh, watch from Zoom is actually a lot of community members. I had Moali James who works at the gallery stand in for me and, and she invited a lot of people to come and see the project. And so there was like families and, you know, um, a couple of like an engineering student and, just, you know, uh, obviously rugby players uh, who came and 
and visited and some of them would like in conversation with those guys you know help build it because it, there was like these commonalities in culture and the way that say something was like a knot was tied in the tattoo was the same way that it was the boat was being tied together and so <laughs> a tattoo had major, it had major FOMO like I was sort of like it was so emotional because just all of these amazing people that were just helping to put this together. Like it's sort of like we made it rather than, you know, I'm calling it my second home, but really it was just, you know, wow, so fortunate really. And so today's your last day in quarantine. So do you actually get to see it when you get out? What's the plan? Yeah. So um, because it's so big, it's in like sections and it just got taken. So the, you know, Ruth, the, McDougall, the curator, just sent me a picture of they brought it into the gallery and it's in bundles. So it actually looks quite small when you pack it up. <laughs> so she's like, here it is. And I'm like, oh, did you bring everything? <laughs> All the bits there? <laughs> you know, like, and so it's just really going to be um, – I could finally get to meet these amazing guys and we'll be putting all the pieces together basically. Oh, but yeah. I feel I like mean, there's so many of us that are working on projects that we would normally jump on a plane and just be there for, you know, yeah. the, this moment to pull everything together. Marie, I can't stop thinking this canoe connection. You too have made a, a work oh. that is in NGV that, is a reed canoe. Can you tell me a bit about that one? I feel like Salotti would love to hear about it. The actual yep. river canoe isn't in the exhibition, but there's a photograph okay. that I took of yep. my nieces and nephews in this three-metre river reed canoe based on traditional Tasmanian river reed canoes because we've got this connection to Tasmania. And I needed to make this three-metre river reed canoe for an exhibition a couple of years ago and wanted to photograph my nieces and nephews actually in the canoe in the water, but it was too short between time for the canoe to dry out to go into the space. So I just had it, like, parked near the water, painted up my nieces and nephews in the car park down at Williamstown Beach. <laughs> the husband painted, like, kangaroo skins to look like thylacine skins. Wow. And the piece is called Long Journey Home. So our connection between here, like Bunurong country and, and Tasmania. And this woman was walking her dog and said she walked around the corner and, you know, here's all these black fellas all painted up with our canoe and everything. She said it felt like she was stepping back in time. Wow. So that was pretty incredible. And so since then... And when we made our canoe, all the river reeds were dry. And normally you would make them while they're green so you can get this sort of kick at the end. And then my nephew, Mitch Marnie, just this year, worked on a project down at Footscray Community Arts Centre and made six river reed canoes with the kick. And they're about three to four metres long. And they're all, they've taken over the rose garden down at Footscray Community Arts Centre. And at the base of each of the canoes, he's done, because it's to represent the six seasons of the Kulin Nation, and so he's done all these plantings. So during the different seasons, the different plants will sort of take off and wow. it's, it's just flourishing and, and looking beautiful down there. Did they no, try to put them in the water? Well, we were going to, but again, it's that, you know, you finish the making and creating 
and then they have to be installed and the river's like, you know, what, 40 metres from where they're installed and they did want to put one in but we just haven't had, had the time. Like that will take a whole day just to like get it in there, have a practice paddling around because you're not going to mm. and not photograph it or film it. You know, yeah. it will Absolutely. be an amazing moment. <laughs> it's yeah. all about the documentation and keeping that information and everything for future generations. Like that's what we do with our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But so excited to, to see your work. Yeah. Uh, thank yeah. you. So I'm interested in that too, the documentation, how like we piece things together from old stories and then also like colonial archives and maybe seeing a version of the thing. It's sort of like mm. yeah. Probably it, the most exciting part is feeling like you can redo that. Yeah. And sort of recreate. And I, I sort of put it down to also like some type of ancestral memory that we have. Yeah in the making and creating of these things because I'm working on another project with Melbourne Museum on the living archive of Aboriginal art. And so basically we document everything that's made and created here in my backyard <laughs> and sharing that knowledge and culture. And we had a mob come down from Nooka because Mitch and I were supposed to go up there and work with community earlier this year. But because of lockdown, we haven't been able to go there. So Mitch and I have been making these mini documentaries just using our mobile phone of grinding ochre, taking the sinew out of the tail of a kangaroo, making feather flowers, all these different things, melting down the wattle resin to mix with the ochre to, you know, stick to um, the leather or or possum skin cloaks and documenting all of those processes and sending these films up to Nooka so that the kids can actually oh, use yeah. their own mobile phones and edit it themselves wow. and share that information with communities or get stories from their elders and, you know, pass that knowledge on. I think about, Honor, your series Ghost Objects comes to mind when these guys are talking about this kind of personal memory and connection can you tell us a little bit about that that series what where that came about objects yeah I suppose I guess I firstly want to say you know um it's nice to come to you today from um from Naranjeri land where um where my home and studio is and um of the Remanjeri people and I'm in Remong which is in Counter Bay in South Australia but yeah to talk to your point about ghost objects I guess that's something I've always described my work as in the process of working with with clay um, and casting, slip casting, which is the process in which I make the objects, I, yeah, I've always described it as it's sort of a remembering of an object, but there's a sort of a slight slippage and a translation that occurs in that remembering. So there's, yeah, this sort of a shift, I suppose. And so it's like they are the object, but they're not, they're a remembering um, and they hold sort of a something else in them, I suppose. So yeah, ghosts of previous so, yeah, thinking about that kind of holding a, a material and a process, a knowledge that's sort of back. And I suppose there is that objects holding a particular story or stories that might be unbeknownst or that vibrate there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And I think, you know, thinking about the three of you, some of the connections just, you know, that that I have thought of, but I find that grief and and loss and connection all come up for you and honor I think that work you know I think of ghost objects but again your your entire practice it's it's these personal kind of 
connections and essence almost that you're capturing. And I think I can see that with, you know, Salotti, you know, her Fijian culture and those connections as well. It's, it's finding that balance and that essence to continue something on a feeling or, and, and as well with you, Marie, with your Kopi and that whole process, you know, with Clay, I think that there's some beautiful connections with you guys through that. Marie, this retrospective, are you calling it a retrospective at NGV? Yeah, apparently that's what it is. You know, it's like 30 plus <laughs> years of yeah. my practice and, you know, my life basically. Yeah. yeah. Tell yeah. us about the journey for that because you've had some, it's been a, a bit of a wild ride, hasn't it, with lockdown yeah. and been a bit epic the last two years I must say so yeah not only working for or working like and finishing work for the retrospective because there's also new works in there but also you know at the same time making work and it was a whole new body of work for the MCA that opened for like about a month before they went into lockdown and so that work is now in Tanandi at the Art Gallery of South Australia but yeah, just the making and creating of ancestral memories was, you know, having printed maybe about 20 black and white photographs from the time when I was working as a full-time photographer in the late 90s and actually seeing those photos like many years later printed, which, you know, I've only been looking at little proof sheets for the last umpteen many years and, yeah, just seeing everything together and just seeing this journey and seeing what you do and sharing the knowledge and stories and stuff with family and, you know, having family help you make and create all those works. Just incredible. And when I've taken my nieces and nephews through and sort of including myself when I first saw it, I just burst into tears. And my nieces and nephews have all got quite emotional when they've walked in there because the first line of people that you see are all of our family and people that have passed and their Kopi morning caps and you know so it's 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 a pretty big journey yeah and on a I know that you've had like some pretty major shows that you've had to kind of reshuffle and reconsider what are you working on at the moment where where is everything at with um oh yeah that's a that is a yeah. good <laughs> Where is that? That is a very good question. Where is everything at? I do feel like I said, which I think we all do, you say yes to everything because you don't know when you'll stop being asked and you, you know, you sort of, so you want to just make it all work. And I think with the pandemic, everything kind of, all the yeses would have been spread out nicely, but then they got like very crunched. And then we, and everybody <laughs> moved houses. I know. And then, yeah. So I, um, yeah, it's been a fascinating, I've sort of had both edges of the sword where I, early on I went, oh, it's actually really nice to have things cancelled and to just step back because I didn't quite understand how to be in the studio. I just really it didn't feel right in the early stages of the pandemic and later on that shifted, I suppose to kind of re-engaging and realising that it's great to have a project to turn up to and that sort of that rhythm of just turning up every day in the studio and continuing. But, yeah, I suppose that's a very long answer to sort of say that, you know, at the moment I'm working towards a small show, um, a solo in Kyneton, but also a rather a larger group show called Neoteric as part of the Adelaide Festival here in February. So, yeah, sort of hit the studio like we moved at the beginning of the year, set the studio up and kind of hit the ground running and just been trying to make sense of this space. And 
probably thought my work would go in a different direction and then the pandemic hit and I sort of I guess the universe delivers you something and I thought I could walk away from soaps but hand washing rituals back you know like the political the politicalness of that just oh, yeah. I could not I could not walk Happy away from that so yeah the work um, sort of pivoted in all of that time mm. yeah wow all of you were just you all just went like this <laughs> Yeah, did did everybody else have like what seemed like an amazing two years? Mm. Like, oh, there's a lot, but you know, it's going to be really good. So then it's all kind of moved into one year, and you're yeah. dealing with, I guess, you're dealing with how you feel, like you were mentioning on a like how you feel about being in a pandemic, and mm. the nature of something changes based for me based on what's happening as well. Like, yeah, yeah, how I feel towards the objects, how they're going to be made kind of you know so I um yeah I know I understand sorry I just I just understand what you say when you like you talk about the crunch I think we all three of us oh, yeah you sort of go <gasps> yeah because- and understanding I think like I was fortunate to have one exhibition where you got to celebrate it and understand it in how we traditionally know that of celebrating with friends and family and peers and colleagues and have people view the work and those conversations and then one where it was obviously I sent the work and just had to have complete faith and trust in the gallery I've worked with and it did all of that work in the studio strangely felt at the end as though there wasn't a show even though there was and people saw it online but at the end I sort of went oh I haven't got the post-exhibition blues because it doesn't feel really like I have had an exhibition so you know there's the the um the positive and the so much content has gone online as well yeah yeah which has been a bit odd and I feel a bit odd sort of rocking up to a zoom opening I haven't actually done it I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah. and have any of you done a zoom opening no no no, no. <laughs> no. I, don't, I don't know if I could yeah it's sort of like at the beginning of the pandemic when you know you'd be working and was like let's do Friday night drinks and you're like oh I don't know if I can do another zoom I can't add <laughs> another a couple one of words, but yeah it's <laughs> like I can't do the online workshops like that that is another mm. another headspace that you have to sort of try and work out how to do all of these things online where participants can see and engage and it's not tangible. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah, think I'm when you, online. I think and when I think when you I think all of us work in a very probably physical, engaging with material yeah. in a really, yeah. really tactile way. Yeah. When people can't also enjoy that in an intimate mm. way and you can't translate that with your hands. Yeah. It's it is a, um, and there's a well, big it's a different it's a different energy, isn't it? It's yeah. a different <laughs> energy to then when you're yeah, like I had my solo show at Pika and all those things too, like that not being able to touch things, but also the having to communicate the way that you would want something done that you would probably just communicate easily if you were there or just do yourself, like mm. in that sort yeah. of so watching it all like be put up and trying to like I think because sometimes if you don't communicate something and people just presume in their own logic it can create a tricky situation of where we have to start that job again if I to be delicate about that but but actually for me like the it was that the communication and those guys did a really good job but I will only have ever seen that show in like photographs and it's an installation that took up everything and I the individual like the paintings and the videos I touched and you know but everything else was done by them and it, and it didn't feel the same to me yeah so I guess coming out tomorrow 
from quarantine <laughs> and being able to see the piece that's been made, but also engage with those people that have been able to bring that piece to life. Like that's a pretty unique and beautiful situation yeah. tomorrow for you. Mm. Yeah, I think that the first thing I'll do is just touch it. Because mm. also uh, when they were building it, there was this discussion about what was going to happen, like what could people touch it? And I was like, yeah, people can touch on it. They could touch it. They can stand it. They can do what, you know, which is a museological object, but also mm. it's, you know, a boat. Like mm. that wheel, like actually before when you were talking about um, the boats, like, and also with Anna talking about the the echo of something is like when I look at that boat I think of that but it won't do the things like it won't ever go in the water like everyone talks about it going in the water <laughs> but it's it's owned by the museum now so it's mm, never going in the water it's gonna be um, thirsty <laughs> yeah it's gonna serve it as worst nightmare yeah, thirsty yeah. boat. Yeah. Might have to it's augment so... it and float it on yeah. the water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did a float. The idea to choose the pun that maybe we could build it in the water, and that was just that was in, so like that didn't get far. No, <laughs> so I know it's built in the water. It's mm. an interesting thing translating things to spaces like that. You know, and and obviously intellectually, and, and you know, you're you're making all these connections and building these, you know, amazing objects. I know, Marie, so much of your work is based on that, you know, museum collections and things that you find, you know, that you can recreate. Like it's it's quite a challenge to put something. Like I can remember working in Alice Springs, we would shake out red dirt out of canvases that were painted on the ground yeah. with white gloves on I know right <laughs> yeah yeah that would that would end up like hot pink from the red dirt but but yeah. well you know Hannah yes. those hand oils you just got to be careful those oils <laughs> open your hand um. yeah. but you know what I mean there's so many different yeah. worlds that you guys are um yeah because considering yeah, the work, you know, was in at the NGV and, you know, my 63 pelt possum skin cloak mm. that I had a couple of canvases down on my ground out the back because it wouldn't fit in my house. <laughs> and so it's laying on the ground. My dogs are walking over it. I've got three dogs. Um, you know, little tackers that come around and different people that help come and make, you know, sew and do all these amazing things. Hannah, you, you were part of that whole process. And then once it goes into that space, like you, you even as the artist can't touch it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, yeah, in the gallery, you wouldn't even be able to go up to it and just, like, straighten something or yeah, just be or, like, no. And or in those big spaces, the curator can't either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so strange, isn't it? But I think that's why, you know, you guys all work so hard to translate all of those feelings so that people can see them in this space these spaces they they can this work can be shown and experienced like it it it's it's tricky it's a tricky balance i think but you know you're all very good at that i think because you want people to see um, things not yeah. just use them yeah you know even the work that i was going to make for Tanandi, which I couldn't actually create because we were in lockdown and I couldn't engage with my nieces and nephews that live 
you know, sort of spread around Melbourne and, and Victoria and New South Wales that could not come down to be photographed in these beautiful dresses that I'm sort of making using wattle flowers and black lilies and white lilies. And the piece is called Remember Me. And I can't, you know, still right now, it's just like not feasible to, to do it like immediately right now. So I'll, I'll book that in for next year. You've got, to, you've got to work up your sleeve now. Oh, I've got like three bodies of work that I need to make, <laughs> yeah. you know, probably by June next year. And just... June is so close. Don't want to scare you, but it's very close. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> After our meeting today, I'm going over to my gallery and we're mapping out the next 12 to 18 months because things are just yeah. booking up and going crazy and that's yeah. how I have to work. Otherwise, I feel like I'm not in control of all of these projects and things that are happening. Yeah. Avoidance strategies are great too. What's that? <laughs> Avoidance strategies rather than the 12 oh. day month. Like, oh, no, that doesn't really work. For a moment. <laughs> and then I have a whiteboard in my studio and if you if I was asked what was the most important thing in my studio right now it's the whiteboard yes yes that that holds like six lists yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. I know I I think I was so surprised I'm gonna go like this back there no (laughs) oh I can't even show you mine at the moment. Yes. <laughs> Not after the last storm we had here in Melbourne. No. Oh, I've no. got to get sort of a little team of burly boys around to help me sort of reconfigure my, my space out yeah. the back where I do a lot of the, the bigger works oh. stuff. But, yeah, otherwise I'll just take over my house. It's good. You've always had an open home like that, Marie. I think yeah. it's such a big part of your practice, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And I've been offered like studio spaces, but I can't, I like everything to be around because you don't know how late you want to work into the night. And, you know, there's always family and friends sort of pre-pandemic coming over to help make and create. So yeah, it's just, everything's here. I live, eat and breathe it every day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then that's why maybe at the, during the pandemic, you were able to at least look at things, right? Or were you yeah, yeah. making? Yeah. yeah. In between, like in that first lot last year, like my sister who moved to Adelaide, she didn't make it across the border the night the borders closed. So for about five months, I have three dogs, a husband and two housemates. We had my sister, her two kids and their two dogs. So five dogs and eight people in my teeny tiny house. <laughs> and, and some of do. the biggest projects yeah. that you've worked on yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. you know, I've got metro tunnel like the five new stations being built here in Melbourne wow. sort of that was still kicking over online and but I couldn't meet with my artistic collaborator we'd have to do these zoom meetings but it's not quite the same as meeting in person and yeah mm. there's like mega loads but we got through that, and as soon as the borders opened, I zoomed them across, dropped them off, back here, <laughs> back to business, basically, yeah. And, I Marie, think, I was just going to ask mean, about your, there was, I remember you talking to me, Marie, about something, some printing that you got done recently. What, what happened with that? Oh, yeah, so also during pandemic time, 
And I had a commission for the new Shepherd and Art Museum that's opening next weekend. And I'd gone up there, photographed elders, sort of compiled these three huge lenticular prints, like two metres by 1.2. And I get my prints printed in Canada. Well, over in Canada, the guys that work on the docks were on strike. (laughs) And the acrylic Mm. I needed for the prints was on the ship. And they couldn't unload the boats. This went on for about two months. Wow. <laughs> and Shepparton were asking for the prints and we couldn't do anything about it. And finally they got them printed and sent and the colours were wrong. My sky wasn't mm. in the photos. There were no moving clouds. And they had to do a reprint and send them back. But this has taken probably six or seven months to get this work. Whoa. That is now hanging at the new Shepparton Art Museum and being launched next weekend. I am so happy. (laughs) (laughs) These epic, longer kind of journeys with things. Are you guys all kind of free and then? It's supposed to be launched like April, March, April this year, you know, and during their pandemic, their lockdown, Shepparton, they weren't taking any deliveries from Melbourne. (laughs) So, you know, the pandemic has just sort of, had these tentacles that just sort of do that to a lot of things but no everything's worked out now thank goodness because I think so many of us have overseas connections that have all been kind of compromised at the moment so Lottie you've got something coming up uh, with Icon Gallery is that Uh, yeah yeah She's uh, the MCA and Icon Gallery in Birmingham and it's an online it's for the UK Australia season right which is I think partnering organisations between the UK and Australia. So yeah. it's like theatre, visual arts, trying to think of other things that exist, no, but yeah, like circuits. And, so like performance and, and visual arts, let's say. Yeah. And so that's all been like on Zoom meetings as well, which is sort of, it's really, di- I think probably I was having a meeting with people that I wouldn't maybe because everyone came to the meeting because it was a Zoom. And um, it's just a really different experience because I think as an artist, that's not that often that it's like, okay, and then the artist will report on what they're doing. You know, (laughs) I think there's a real balance in how we work. You know, you've got the ways you work in the studios, the way you you build and think about an idea to then do some kind of official report was just sort of a like a different, just let's just say a different experience for me. But yeah, so yeah, I've got um, that happening, and I guess what you know, what can I talk about right now? <laughs> I know. I mean, this yeah. year, this year for me, I had like two solos and the APT, which was going to be a lot, like over two years. So that's what I meant before when I was like, oh, you know, ideal two years, and uh, yeah. But yeah, so just I also couldn't go into my studio, but I didn't even know if I wanted to go into my studio. And um, and in Sydney's first lockdown, I created a little studio in the corner of the house that my partner was constantly asking me to neaten up a little bit. We have different ways of dealing with space. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but still was able to like kind of, you know, start things and test things out and I think in this second one hit a bit harder because of having the studio sort of taken away and we got to a point where you were able to go into work if you needed to so I was just dropping into the studio to do that thing that was messy and couldn't be done anywhere else but yeah so that was sort of my me but yeah well we've got Marie that is always in her home environment that's her studio and there's somebody talking about you know, bits and pieces and, and whatever. 
Anna, you've just made a huge move during this time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like a proper off to the country, out of the city. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not super far from the city, but it is enough to create a decent break and yeah it has it's I mean it's been a really it's something that we've um like my family have wanted to do for some time so it has been it's been really exciting but I guess it's always that thing when everything always comes at once so the thought of kind of trying to finish a show before Christmas and pack up a house and studio and and move and then set everything up really quickly get everyone settled in their new schools and then try and kind of continue continue making was pretty how did you do that yeah (laughs) yeah even one of those things one of those things seems like a big deal you know yeah I um I'm not entirely sure you could ask my family how they feel about the situation they might be a better um a better measuring stick of that maybe I feel like I did definitely make some different choices with my work with all of that because I knew that there was a lot of stuff to to hold um you know small people have big feelings when there's change I mean we all do so trying to support that I I def, I feel like I've perhaps made you know dare I admit that out loud safer safer or less brave decisions within my within my practice which I guess at different times we all need to or well, I feel like I need to do to to still be able to deliver on what you want to be able to do and not completely send everybody into some kind of um, chaos and, and meltdown. So there ha- I feel like there has been a bit of that this year to try and make everything fit and work. But within that, it's been great to also have projects. As a friend, as I, I think I was whinging at one point and a friend reminded me, she said, so good that you've got projects that you have to turn up to the studio. And I went, that is right. I need to, you know, sometimes you just need that gentle reminder to change um, the narrative that you're running when you turn up to the studio to, to yeah. Yeah. To see it's really you. true. It's mm. true. Like it, it is that thing, like, you know, like probably my biggest complaint is having to deal with, like you were saying, the squash of everything. But so many people have had projects just move go. far into the distance or just go. Yeah. And... That I don't, yeah, that I think would be the hardest because you've already worked on it. You've already thought about it in its final place. And so actually we're kind of fortunate as much as we complain about being busy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think, and I, and I, yeah, and I try not to do that complain about being busy, but also, uh, yeah, I think practices do, they ebb and they flow kind of like your seasons of reading sometimes you're reading voraciously and other times you know you can't get through a page of a book and I feel like that with your practice but trying to always just keep turning up you know pushing through the grind of that and hoping that something will will come but yeah I was listening to someone the other day and a friend and I were talking as we were walking on the beach and discussing that kind of constant upward trajectory as though that that a practice is always kind of moving in this way but but sometimes it's it's not and it's the deviations or the, the downtimes that there is still so much growth and so much learning, but it's sort of the way we seem to measure is always in this kind of upward stratosphere. I'm not sure, but I like that kind of constant um, chip, chip, chip sort of way. Yeah. yeah. And trying not to be reactive to everything, like, and, you know, taking on all of these different things, whether it's the exhibitions and and projects are fine, but sometimes it gets a bit overwhelming with the amount of, you know, 
different lectures and talks and films yeah. and pieces, which I find are quite taxing compared to just being home and making and creating and, you know, just getting all sort of tactile and physical with the work, which is fantastic. And, you know, during the pandemic too, this year of um, I'm collaborating on a new jewellery collection with Blanche Tilden to be launched for Design Week next year. Well, I'm at home working with all the organic materials and Blanche is home working on her bits, but there is no physical possible way we can sort of collaborate via Zoom to put these mm. pieces together. So, yeah, when I get another little moment of time, I can sort of drive the 37 kilometres over to her space because, you know, we've been in this five-kilometre radius lockdown, then 25, and one mm -hmm. day I just had to bite the bullet and drive over there and hope like hell I didn't get pulled up you know, which is like a $5,000 fine if you're out of your zone. <laughs> it's great that you're talk talking about, about it now. I <laughs> 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 just like that, which, you know, becomes really a little bit frustrating sometimes. But now, you know, we've got our seven designs and, you know, we'll be working and making and creating all those sort of come early next year. So, Marie, can I ask? Um, oh, is it all right if I ask a question? Please um, do. <laughs> can I? I guess I'm going to ask it anyway. I'm asking yeah. it. <laughs> um, so, I guess in the lockdowns, I guess you had no time to kind of think, like, you know, how the space of thinking about making something is mm. just as important as the actual making. Oh, like, yeah. it, it sounds like you have like an insane kind of like so many things happening uh, was, was that what helped you just deal with being in the pandemic because you're like I've got to do these like I, you know. I didn't, apart from you know being able to to drive and and have physical meetings with people I had a couple of zoom meetings with Blanche but yeah just going to deliver um, but I've got like 13 projects that I'm working on and some are quite big <laughs> Like the Metro Tunnel, that's five new train stations in Melbourne and developing work for the platform area up to concourse in each of those. Wow. And install starts next year. Uh, um, I've got a question. Can you, I need, so developing, <laughs> so is this sort of sculptural works or is this sort of works that have translated and then um, sort of um, based sort of? Great question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let us well, we can't, can't give away too much, but oh, I've okay. got an, an artistic collaboration. We won't say anything. <laughs> and it will be like from, from a platform, and each platform is 220 metres. Times five up to concourse. That's just one project. Was there a moment that when you were invited to do that, did you feel like running in fear or go, oh. No, well, I was actually in London and got this phone call at five o'clock in the morning to say that I got the gig. <laughs> and I said, wow. oh, okay. So I rang back to my gallery, Vivian Anderson Gallery, and I said, Viv, I got the gig, you know, the Metro Tunnel gig. She said, oh, what station? And I said, I can't remember. Can you ring them and ring me back? So she did. She said, Marie, you've got all five stations. <laughs> 
that was a bit crazy. But I've always, you know, I've been so lucky to work with you, Marie, over the years. And there's this drive that you have. You are very conscious that what you're doing is important for your family, for, you know, our community, for, for Melbourne, for all of us, you know, to, um, yeah, you, you, you do work hard, you are dedicated. And, and I love how you bring all your family into what you do to support you as well. You're not doing it alone so much as with everybody, which I think is, yeah, that must help. Yeah, because for me, it's about the future generations and, and what it is that we're leaving for them. Because, you know, when I started out, I would have to, you know, go to museums and research and you talk to elders who might not have that memory or story of that object mm. or whatever it is. And there was not a lot of information and images around the making and creating of these objects that we're making now. And so to be able to document that and work on that with the Living Archive Project and share that knowledge and experience with people mm. is just the most incredible thing. And I'm still able to practice my practice and, you know, mm. but take the community, take my family, take others along on that journey. It's just, yeah, an amazing thing to do. And like Hannah's been to my home many a time, either gluing feathers into my river reeds or the glass <laughs> or whatever it is. and All hands on deck. Yeah. yeah, and just always trying to think of new ways to tell these stories through art in a really different way. And, like, I can't wait to photograph my nieces wearing these beautiful dresses with one of their cousins, the, the nephew, standing next to them. And the niece's face will morph into a grandmother face. And this piece is called yeah, Remember Me. Yeah, and have yeah. the nephews morph into their grandfather face. And these were the works that were to be for Tanandi. And I was just so gutted that I couldn't sort of make this work for that. But, you know, there'll be shows coming up next year. I'm sure Viv and I will map and plan and make it solid as next year. It's good fun. <laughs> I have to say in this public environment that actually I am a huge fan of yours, Marie, and I love actually that experience that you just talked about from your perspective, walking in and being with your work. Because mm. that, I mean, sorry about the fan moment, Marie, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, that is so inspiring. It's been so inspiring for me as an artist just to be near those works and um, to experience them. Because people think, you know, bang, you know, it's an overnight success. That's like over 32 years of making, yeah. creating, you know, all the ups and downs that you go through, life, death, you know, all the, the good times, the sad times, but everything and all of that energy I feel I put into my work. Yeah, it's there. And, yeah, I have to absolutely love it before it goes out this door. <laughs> Yeah. Perfectionist, yes. <laughs> oh, my God, I just drive myself nuts sometimes because I don't sketch mm. and I don't write. Mm. I do that whole thinking and thinking about the whole process of making that thing, that object, whatever it might be, or the new multimedia piece or the photograph, but thinking about all the elements that you need to make and create that. And then mm. once I can see it in a gallery setting, bang, I can just make it. It's a different way of, of making yeah. it. Yeah. But I love I think that quiet time. It might look like you're sitting there just doing nothing, but actually it's, it's really busy up there. <laughs> yeah. 
I think having a sort of a, a craft practice, the sort of way you know, there are rules to follow with material and processes. Similarly, I often feel like it's like if I need to do productive procrastination where I'll sit at the wheel and do that repetitive, that kind of repetitive kind of body knowledge action where the hands are busy and the head kind of can go somewhere else, sort of like long distance driving but it's sort of when the best yeah when the best the best thinking and problem solving happens when yeah waiting for that kind of that feeling that right feeling like (laughs) like the journey oh yeah it's right to move to the next thing now yeah because sometimes it's a bit meditative when you're sitting there sorting through a whole container of feathers and you're looking for the perfect feathers. <laughs> so you're just getting them out and laying them down. And, and even how you lay them out just looks beautiful. So I photographed that process too. Because you know? <laughs> one day, you know, who knows? But yeah, every little step of the way, I love I love the processes too of making. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot of data. You've got a lot of things around. <laughs> oh my God, you have no idea how many hard drives <laughs> I've got. <laughs> but you can just get a new one and uh... <laughs> Yeah, I pretty much do that. Once I've maxed that out, then, yeah, it's a new hard drive. And they have, like, 10 terabytes now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Actually, I think, actually, that what you said, one of the first things you said was, like, that it's a journey in a way. Like, it's that you're saying that's 30 years of development and, like, honour you with the, like, you know, continue on that repetitive thing. It is true. Like, nothing does happen quickly. It can so seem like it's quickly, but it's actually, you know. Yeah, there's agreement there from the dog. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they're saying, Salotti, you are right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I know. I've just got to get this. And they are. They're like, they just said everything I say is right. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you're translating from the Salotti. <laughs> yeah. Skill. Yeah. I love it. But did you hear that last bark? It was like, you too, Honor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've had this same experience, Marie. I feel like nearly every meeting is crashed by the postie and my dog's reaction or something. It is tricky doing all these things that we normally separate out. Everything's yeah. happening in this one yeah. space, you know. And I have yeah. three of them. That was only one barking this time. <laughs> <laughs> but when the three of them are going off and that was somebody knocking at the door, it's like, yeah. What can you do? It's life, basically. Yeah. And I feel like we've had to expose more of that kind Mm. of to the public through this process as well. I mean, I haven't been into an office for two years, honestly, with everything happening. And so everything Mm. that's kind of happening around me, I feel like, yeah, there's a lot more, yeah, there's less privacy. That curtain is gone. What about shoes, Hannah? Have you worn shoes? Like I've hardly worn shoes. I hate shoes and socks anyway. So it's a real element. Yeah. No, I still get up and put my work boots on. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm you know. <laughs> yeah, there seems to be two, two calves, <laughs> like people that are not wearing pants right now. And then those people that are like, like, I, you know, I work with people that are getting up every day and getting dressed for work mm-hmm. as if they're leaving the house just because that's part of their process as well. It, I have I to think, do that. Yeah. Otherwise, I feel like if I stay in my pyjamas and my Crocs, which I love my Crocs, but, you know, you feel like you're just sort of, you know, flopping around the house. But if I put my work boots on, I feel like I've got to go and do something. Yeah. <laughs> now when someone comes into our house with shoes on, I, I panic. 
I'm like, why? This what is do you a no-shoe zone. <laughs> People are coming to your house? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, we had, um, we actually, we got a dog behavioralist in because uh, we were talking about dogs. Um, and our dog bit the behavioralist. <laughs> but it's because... <laughs> had not he'd not seen a per, a person in our house other than us. He wasn't actually going for the behaviorist. I wish I hadn't brought it up because now it sounds like our dog is bad. But um, no, yeah. no, I, he wasn't I, going I, for the behaviorist. But he just was like, "What? Who? Who are you? Like, what are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas my baby just thinks that it's totally normal to have all of this attention and yeah. all the like. Our pets are, have loved this, but. There's mm. going to be a moment where we're not home. I don't know how she's going to cope. <laughs> they're all going to be like a bit. There's going to be. They're going to be sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of anxiety. Yes. Yeah. Luckily, the... when this is free, oh, he's spoiled. They're all spoiled. And this is what they tend to do when I'm on Zoom meeting. He tends to climb up on my lap and just sort of takes over the screen. Oh, <laughs> it's that lightness of having our pets around for me. I don't know who out there are animal people, but seeing my little dog's tail wag mm. in happiness, it just melts away a layer of all the stresses of the world. <laughs> but I, don't, I have a puppy, so that gets melted away and then it's brought back by like the next thing that he does. <laughs> An eating sock. <laughs> yeah eat a sock or yeah or bark in a meet not have barked all day and then there's a meeting it's like I must be on your lap and I now need to bark <laughs> so what have we all got happening we've got a few months left or not even that I don't know I'm bad with time but till the end of the year what have you guys got on Gosh. Marie, you might want to start. Marie, yeah, you might, we might need to extend this to Marie. <laughs> so mine is working towards the first three to four months of next year. So I need to sort of start now. But I've got like Lawn Sculpture Biennale, Melbourne Art Fair, the new jewellery collection with Blanche Tilden, the Metro Tunnel Works. Yeah. I'm cur also curating an exhibition with the Open Land Museum which is an augmented reality mm. exhibition cool. in a Federation Square and down along Burrungma. We met a few days ago for the first time mm. because we've been having all these sort of Zoom meetings. And so that was really good. Sort of next year, got an artist residency in Massachusetts. Oh, like amazing. Weeks and taking my niece and nephew, Kerry and, and Mitch, over with me and working with First Nation artists over there, a little bit like the Wrapped Culture we did in Canada. Yeah, um, yeah. Which has had an exhibition outcome finally more recently. Hey. That. Yeah, so that show, which has been a travelling exhibition where I took, you know, my family over to Canada. We were there for three weeks working on a buffalo skin cloak and a possum skin cloak. And the exhibition's been travelling for like two years and it finally came here to Footscray Community Arts Centre, went into lockdown the day before it opened mm -hmm. and then they packed it up and sent it off because, like, we were still in lockdown when it finished. And um, the work that we'll do in Massachusetts, so that was buffalo and possum skin. This one will be moose hide and possum wow. skin. And working with First Nation artists over there and going to see, like, the possum skin cloak in Washington. Yeah. So far out. Those things, yeah. I hope these, I hope you have that opportunity 
you know, I hope the world is healing and mm. we get some international possibilities happening. I know that's a big mm. part of what you do as well, Marie. Yeah, well, I was lucky enough that the the show in Japan went ahead this year. Um, yeah, wow. I think they came out of lockdown or something and, you know, Viv and Amy organised for all the work to go over there at the Photographic Art Museum. That was pretty fantastic. And, yeah, just working on a solo show at Viv's next year. Yeah, lovely. I love that there's just time to throw in a solo exhibition. <laughs> just a little side thing. Yeah, yeah. quite a woman. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, that'll be fun. I've got a few, yeah, bodies of work I'd like to make for that. Yeah. And yeah. so, Lottie, where, when and where and how can we see this? This vessel uh, created. Yes, yeah, so APT 10 opens on the 4th of December and it goes to, I think, late April, which means that there will come a time, and I think it's around the 17th of December, that people will be able to come to uh, Queensland without going into quarantine. Yeah, and so, yeah, mainly like a lot of my last two years have been working up to this and in store so actually to be honest I feel a little nervous about leaving quarantine to put everything together you know like so I just I guess that's what I'll be doing this afternoon mentally preparing and then also the work that I'm trying to make for icon is with my friends it sort of goes between a video poetry and a video like a music video of where I enact scenes with them that relate to, you know, things that we do together, whether it's been in lockdown or, mm. you know, like TV shows that we've talked about endlessly or so like, uh, for instance, with my friend Sarah Rodigari, we're hoping to reenact a scene from Vera, the uh, crime, <laughs> the British with Brenda Lesson. <laughs> and then, and just things like, you know, the connection that I have with my like, family in the village is often uh, messages so it's just sort of a trying to in a way pull together all those kind of elements that have been so amazing in the last couple of years like friends that I've just you know when when we had that 5k rule like friends who were 6k's away who'd just be like creeping on on their social media and you know they'd be doing crazy things together that kind of like bring all those kind of elements together so I also wanted to do a project where I just got to work with all the people I love legitimately as a real project this summer. So yeah, they're the two main things that I'm, and I'm at a solo next year and things like that. And Honor, I don't want to cut you off, but there's a question here that I might just throw into the mix because it speaks to what you were just saying, Salati. It's from Emma Faye and she's just told, she's just asked about how you guys have found collaborating with other artists through this time and other people. and. Yeah, she said, I'd love to hear more about the way you feel this has resulted in new ways of creating community and art making. And what would you like to see us take forward from here? And what will be left behind? That's so, yeah, that's a great question. Is there something where you're just like, wow, I've never done that before in, in a way of doing that's like, yeah, this will work. Well, carry this on. Or um, I'm trying to think. Actually, I'm, I'm collaborating with a Canadian artist, Cindy Mochizuki, at the moment. Like, normally we would have tried to get into the same space. I think Marie was talking to this. Mm -hmm. And so, actually, I think it is harder talking over Zooms and through. There's so much in the dynamic of collaboration that happens in the space together. 
Mm. I mean, that's just my experience. My, so, uh, it depends what you're like, isn't it? Some people are better with just sending emails and mm. stuff like that. So what I hope we get back mm. is being in the same room. Yeah. And because it's that energy then that bounces off everybody. And yeah. yeah. And we've got another question here that I thought I would from Judith Clavins. Hi, everyone. Really enjoying your conversation. Thank you. It's been nice. I just wanted to say that on uh, to honor that I really enjoy your work. Oh, how lovely. Oh, thank Things you. I know mm. you've touched that work at AXA. Um, and Judith is referencing this in an art casting project at Adelaide Central School of Art and it was really impactful and thanks to everybody for or thanks to you for inspiring us oh how lovely what a great title Anna yeah yeah I was just gonna say here look up things I know you've touched yes yeah it's a um that work is it's current like it's part of the art gallery South Australia's collection but it came about when I was doing the collections project there and you know, researching and accessing their collection and making work in response. So it sort of went down the road of ghost objects and um, objects around grief and mourning. So this work, my father died quite early on in that project and, and my mum gave me all his hankies or a large collection of them and the last bar of soap that he had used when before dying. And so within that, I ended up sort of casting a really large collection of soaps, including the one that was the last bar of his. And within my research, I'd been looking at like Kintsugi and the the art of that Japanese repair with gold. Mm. So I sort of inlaid all the soaps, um, sort of the, the cracks and the crevices with the gold. So that work was about, yeah, the, the grieving of and making sense of my father's death I suppose and that sort of idea of the things I know you've touched and these sort of very intimate objects that sort of very that remember a person sort of very specifically yeah that was that was that way yeah so we probably we could like um we need to find a way to like sort of finish it on a kind of a more <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to send everybody okay. off now today like but it's oh. you know like I um yeah, it was, it was actually really beautiful to make that work and be in the studio to kind of uh, make sense of, felt like a deeply connected work where I was making sense of grief and all the mass of that through making, which, um, yeah. There's so many kind of levels to that in the, the immediate catharsis that then turns into the feelings that the way that other people and their feelings can attach to the emotion of what was happening, even just through the title, you know, like, yeah, there was a feeling coming through that you know that was like oh, there's going to be more here than just basic touching and yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that there's obviously that kind of reverberates greatly through both of your practices. You know, when I think Marie, that all of the work that you have probably accessed in the collections and brought to life, mm. re-understanding the making processes to pass on to future generations, like yeah, fundamentally incredibly important work. So. Yeah. Mm. yeah, those links, and and I guess you'll probably see that Salotti in a couple of days when, or tomorrow when you kind of get to see, you know, this boat oh, yeah. that's been built, and yeah, yeah that's. Yeah. I was just also thinking too then about like it is like hard at times to. It's amazing opportunity to access the collection, um, but not everyone can do it. 
it mm. take it's it's hard to get that access. So it's like part of that fundamental like job of like remaking these things and sharing that with people is that because they can't all go and do that. But also that that cultural knowledge just becomes a part of knowledge, not yeah. so which I think is kind of amazing about that access. And that, in my feeling, like when I go into collections, there's so much energy in there, in that those objects that, like you have to be careful, you have to have a good guide when you go into a collection. I don't know, maybe that's, if that's your experience, that's sort of been mine, Marie. But I, I'm just like, probably everyone's already thinking about, but the energy that exists in objects anyway, and then the remaking of energy user readjustment, remaking of something, readjust that. And mm-hmm. um, and that's what I like. I, maybe that's what you were just saying, Ono, but that's what I really appreciate about the three practices that we're talking about here. I actually can see a comment here from Sally Francis, who's thanked us for an informative conversation. And then at the end, she's written further to Emma's question about collaborating. What an amazing collaboration it would be for the three of you to get together and do something. <laughs> That'd be cool. Like, yeah, it'd be cool. And and Marie, you need to add a few more projects to <laughs> I know I room. <laughs> my nieces and nephews have just been sort of flopping around home doing their homeschooling with their children and all that. And yeah. I'm sure they want to come around to Aunty Rears and sort of hang out and make more work. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. What a chat. Something we could plant for like late next year or early in 2023. 2023. Oh, <laughs> I think I've got something. I've got some room in 2023 somewhere. So do I. Um, <laughs> well, curate. Expansion and compression. Yeah. 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 Let's work on it. <laughs> In person, where are we meeting, guys, to work on this? Like, what's uh, oh, my tropical, obviously, maybe. I think we all just have a No, holiday. Hannah, I can't do the tropicals. We're going to have to, yeah. It's true. Can't we, can, we get, can we get some warmth, just a little bit? What about <laughs> aircon? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll flick it over to the warm heat. <laughs> it looks like we might have to all meet on Zoom. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get in touch. It'd be great to meet. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. In, in yeah. like, yeah, in the real. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm just hanging to come over and have a look at Tanandi. Well, it's beautiful. Yeah. In, in, I did get to see your work um, a few weeks back, and it's, yeah, it's been installed beautifully in, in, a, in kind of in an intimate room. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Great work. Yeah. And so, Lottie, when are you back? Probably around the night. So I'm going to go to. I live in Sydney now. Oh right. Um, okay. I moved. I moved about seven years ago. Now, but, um, <laughs> um, yeah, no. I kind of um, the op- there's just a week gap between install finishing and the opening. So I thought I'd just stay. Oh, yeah. I really want to. I want to see all the works together. And mm. well, maybe we could all meet at, at Hannah's show up in Sydney. Is that in <laughs> Sydney? Yeah, Primavera. Oh, Primavera, let's do that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> you have to We've got opening events in Feb, so let's see how everyone's going. Okay. Mm. I'm free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. 
Have you ever any other comments that I, I may have missed or some oh, ideas or anything? Just that I don't want this to end. This is such a beautiful <laughs> conversation and it's flowing so beautifully. You've all got um, such a lovely synergy in the way that you're talking about your practices and what you're investigating. And I have, I wrote down a thousand questions, but you actually just organically answered most of them. So that's, I think, a good testament of a conversation that you've all contributed to. So thank you so much. It's been, yeah, such a delight, Hannah. Salotti, honour, Marie, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Revision podcast series recorded on Ghana Country. This series is brought to you by Guildhouse, our supporting partners and session speakers. Please head to our website guildhouse.org.au for more information on the series and our artistic collaborations with and professional development opportunities for Australian artists. Revision was developed with support from Australia Council for the Arts, the Day Family Foundation and Creative Partnerships Australia and has continued through the generous philanthropic support of the Guildhouse Creative Visionaries.